Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income. I'm your host, AJ Osborne. And as always, we have my co-host here with me. Connor, how you doing, man? I am doing great. Doing great. Uh, weather is looking awesome. Yes. I'm a fair weather person. Yes. Loving the heat. Uh, or warmth, I guess. It's not quite heat yet. But uh, yeah, doing great, man. Uh, same old stuff. Uh, just rocking and rolling here with you guys and family life and no complaints, dude. Loving it. Yeah, we're starting to get reopened here in Idaho. Yeah, yeah, that's been really exciting. Uh, it's been kind of a just all over the place thing, you know, flying by the seat of our pants and just yes. doing doing what we can and trying to relay information to uh, our management teams on site and uh, everybody else for that matter. And obviously, like you said, we're we're opening back up here here in Idaho, but. You have these regions, you know, like Washington that were heavily affected um, and these other areas that they do and can potentially have different um, guidelines in place right now. So uh, staying on top of that stuff has, has all been kind of an adventure, dude. It has been. And it's, you know, amazing, too, how quickly things can change. But, you know, this brings up today's discussion. It brings up a really good point on today's discussion because we wanted to talk to you guys today about one of your most powerful, if not the most powerful weapon you you can really have. And that's your self-storage manager. Now, I don't care if you have a small facility and the manager's off-site or on-site, but the help the person that's actively making sure that your self-storage, your manager really is a make it or break it. It, it doesn't, and as we talk to our managers, we talk about this. It doesn't matter how much money I spend in ads. It doesn't matter how nice I make the facility look. At the end of the day, that interaction with the customer, whether it's on the phone, whether it's at the facility, um, you know, if that fails, then your ability to not just fill your facility, but stand by what you believe in. Say that you believe in good customer service. Say that you're a superior self-storage facility and that you warrant those people paying more just evaporates. And so a lot of people, when they're looking at this, um, wondering what is the job description? Like as in what is it that we require or expect our managers of? And I got to I got kind of a story. When we bought a facility, when we bought it and they hadn't raised rents in 10 years because they didn't believe that they could. They had fairly good occupancy that was stabilized. And when we went into that facility to buy uh, and talking to the owner um, about buying it, um, we got it under contract. When we came in, he asked if we were going to keep the manager or not. We said, well, we'll keep them at first and, and see how it goes. He said, great. He's like, listen, I've installed a, a TV 
here in the office so they can watch TV during the day because, you know, there's nothing to do. And uh, that was the mentality. The owner felt that they needed to provide them with cable TV to keep them entertained at their job. And in that moment, you're like, this is a great deal. This is a good buy. Good choice. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. <laughs> and so there was never a formalized job description or understanding of that manager. Now, we worked with that manager, and they turned out to be awesome, one of the few managers that we kept. In fact, we most of the time, we never keep managers because they have such bad habits embedded. And when we say, no, this is a real job, you have to be held accountable, we do audits, we have your job description here, here's our expectations. It's a shock to their system because lots of times their job was to sit there and if anybody came in, ask if they wanted a lock with their unit. And that was about as far as it went. Um, so when we talk about their job descriptions, we, we kind of have a few things, but let me kind of go over first of all. So they are the the troops on the ground. This is the front line. This is where it makes it or breaks it. So one of the big things that we focus on and part of the description is customer service. Um, you know, we need to excel in customer service. And in particular, if you have a facility, you know that you get customers sometimes that are not very happy. They are in chaotic stages of their life lots of times. They're moving. There's been deaths, divorce, on and on and on. Well, there's a lot going on. Sometimes tensions can be high. They need to be ready to deal with these situations. Um, they need to re know how to de-escalate customers that are all riled up. So they're dealing with move-ins, move-outs. They're dealing with transfers. They're, they have payment processing they got to work with. We're talking answering the phone. They're doing reservations, inquiries. Then they have to follow up on those inquiries and those reservations. They're checking things like spare foot and other lead generations that we have coming in. Um, they are following up on issues. They're keeping track of different units and tenants. They you know, have to work with inventory. They have to deal with delinquents and auctions. They have, we have um, uh, management systems like base camps that they have to be on every day. They have to check in, check out of, to report issues, update tasks to the main office. They have to deal with um, site work like sweeping out units, lock audits, audits, ensuring that the office and restrooms are clean, archiving old files. Um, we have them do things even like weed control, leaf blowing cobs. So there's some of this maintenance stuff, not big stuff, but just making sure that the facility is presentable when you're going through your open, open process. Um, merchandise inventories, reminder calls. They have to be editing accounts, credit card failures. I mean, the list of what we have them do on a daily basis is large. We got to stay on top of this stuff. Um, it's some of the other ones. I'm kind of going through it. Uh, what I'm going to do too, though, is I'm going to make this job description. We're going to put it on our site. So That's if you want to go to the idea. site, self-storage income, you can just download it for free. Um, and that'll give you a great idea of the job roles of a manager and even things that your manager may not be doing right now or may be missing. So sending out letters of notifications, refund request, inventory analysis, plus submitting the purchases. 
So we have to know when inventory is getting low at our stores. We need that submitted before inventory runs out because we don't want there to be gaps. Obviously, we want there to always be stocked ready to purchase, which comes also into the sales process, which they, they follow. Submitting vacancy re reports, security checks. We're talking making sure gates, cameras are functioning properly. Some of the stuff is quick, right? It, it doesn't take a lot, but they have to be checked. They have to be accounted for. It has to be recorded too. We believe in history and tracking. That's why certain things that we use like Basecamp for us to review and work with our managers is that way it's written down, accounted for, and we have a history of the work being done at that facility. We know what's happening with our tenants, their interactions, their communications. We record calls, right? This is really important operational things that you need to do. When you do an employee evaluation, how are you evaluating them if you do not have a set up criteria and expectations and a way to track those expectations so you can follow up and then judge performance based upon them? It sounds kind of weird to say it, but it needs to be treated like a real job where so many managers are not. No it's kind of like sit here, no TVs, don't watch, yeah. right? They need to have expectations and you need to have a good working relationship with them. Shovel Touching on that documentation yeah. real quick too. I know we've mentioned this in, in other podcasts as well, but again, that scalability factor as you continue to grow, having that documentation, utilizing these systems, testing them out, having these things in place to make things more efficient to even allow you to scale is super, super important. And then also, again, documentation is always super important when it comes to any kind of potential litigation that could take yes. place. Having those arguments with vendors. Yep, exactly. So always having that documentation handy, having records of everything that's going on is, is absolutely critical. Honestly, you bring up a really important point that cannot be emphasized enough on the documentation. Your documentation is the foundation that allows you to grow, to improve. Without it, you are spinning wheels. It is also, too, documentation is your roadmap to freedom. The more you document, the more you create systems in place, the more your people are trained, the less you work in your business, the more you work on your business and growing it. That's really important in our organization. 80% of my time is spent on growing our organization. I'm looking at deals. We're looking at processes, procedures more efficiently. Um, we're looking at expansions. We're trying to find opportunities. If I can't do that because I'm on the phone with managers all day long, then we cannot grow. That would consume all my time. It would. And we have a person in place that does it at our scale. Um, we didn't at first. At first, it was just me doing the sales process. And that quickly, we realized that I, we cannot grow doing this. That doesn't work. So shoveling walks in the winter, for us, that's a big deal up here. Ensure we do beverages, hospitality things, some popcorn, some different things. That it's a hot summer day. You know, we want our managers seeing somebody move in. It's a little thing. Hot summer day. They jump in the cart. They go out, hand them a bottle of water. Say, it is 100 degrees out here. You're moving couches and everything else into the unit. Here's a bottle of water. Have a nice day. Those little things make a big difference. And those little things need to be put in to process. It needs to be something that they're aware of. And it's an expectation that they put those customers at the forefront. 
ensure documents and files are uploaded to our shared drive. This is also, we talk about documentation. The documentation has come to a shared drive that is held in the cloud off-site. This is very important. Everything we do with our managers is moved to off-site locations, which is in the cloud and can be accessed virtually anywhere for all of us. That secures them, saves them. Um, We're big on documentation reporting saving them. We hold all our documentation. We have documentation for 10 years back on old servers and old hard drives from companies I don't even own anymore (laughs) sitting in where? Yes, a storage facility. Uh, So, um, But other things that we uh, need to do and that they add is competitor tracking. Post auctions on storage treasures, filing audits, calling in comps, um, preparing units for collections and researching vendors and or not researching vendors, but communicating performance of vendors with us. So we are aware of what's happening on a daily basis at our facility. One of the things, just touching on this real quick, just as, as we've continued to grow, one of the things I had issues with when I first got here was knowing what vendors were doing what at different locations and facilities. Obviously, even though we did have uh, a general vendor list or contractor lists for these areas. Um, I've kind of gone in and expanded on those a little bit so I know who exactly does what. And then also, uh, one of the things I implemented recently was a vendor or contractor sign-in sheet for each facility. So if I have a contractor that says, yeah, I showed up and I did this and I did that on this day or whatever, and I look at a sign-in sheet have a manager send me a sign-in sheet and says, well, actually, you didn't show up and they didn't see you. What are you talking about? You went and you snow shoveled for five hours that day or this or that because uh, I mean, there's just there's tons of issues that can arise by not just being on site and in knowing who is coming through the door, what they're doing. And so uh, I implemented that, that vendor and contractor sign-in sheet so that uh, as soon as any vendors, contractors get on site, managers have them sign in, time and date, whatever it is, and uh, who they're with. So I know who exactly goes. It helps out with quotes as well. I know if a vendor has actually gone out and quoted something and actually looked at it, that kind of stuff. Again, just all the more documentation that you can get, all the more records that you can keep track of and help to manage everything, again, at scale, is is absolutely critical. you got to remember that your managers... You know, you need to be hiring, which we'll, we'll, we'll get onto this. We can roll onto it now. But um, you're hiring people that they want to do a good job. They want to have purpose in their life. They want to perform. They want to learn skills. They want to grow. You need to prepare and have a landscape ready for them. They need to be a part of what you're trying to accomplish. When you're getting new facilities, when you're looking, when you're growing, when you're adding stuff, they need to be included in that. They need to be excited about the job. We, we don't view it as a job. We want our people to feel like they have a career, that they can come and as our organization grows, that they can grow with it. It's important for our organization to grow so our good people view that they have an upward skill, that they know in 10 years, I'm going to say that I'm a part of this company. And they're proud of that. Um, that's really important for us. And if you guys treat the job like, ah, it's just a storage managed position, that's how they're going to treat it too. And that's how they're going to feel about it. When we meet and when we interview and we're looking for people to interview, we make it very clear. This is a really important job. In fact, it's probably the most important job in our organizations because you're the front lines. 
nothing happens. And I, like I said before, I tell them all the time, I can put as much money into this asset as, as you know, <laughs> feasibly possible. It doesn't matter if when that customer walks in the door, we fail them. And it's true. In your storage facility, our motto is we are an extension of your home. And with that motto, we have to realize that when people come in there, it's turbulent times. Our managers have to be understanding that people have their livelihoods in these facilities. You know, peoples have safes in these facilities. They have family pictures, documentation. If they lost it, it would be devastating for them. It is second only to their home. They have all their valuables in their home and the storage facility. Lots of times people move their most valuable things out of their home and put them into the storage facility because we protect it. So it's a very important job. They need to be handled it. And when you are hiring people, when you sit down with them, you need to express that. If you think that this is a job where you're just going to come sit and hang out, this is not the job for you. And uh, you want to encourage in your job description um, writing things like that, having those conversations in the interview to hire good people. So how do you hire people? How do you fit this job description? Well, there's a few ways. You can steal them um, from good storage uh, facility people. Um, so you can go look at the REITs, other people like that, not me. Go look at the REITs. Don't steal my people. <laughs> um, but um, you can go do that way. But that can come with complications. So, you know, in the last two years, we've had a very uh, struggle hiring people. Right now, it's been getting easier. Unemployment's rising. Um, that allows us to get good people. And uh, and you have a larger labor pool to attract from. It's, it's uh, you know... And so that's important. One of the biggest things, though, that you got to do and that we spend a lot of time and we've spent a lot of times the last couple of weeks and we've been building a lot of things up and we've rearranged the way that our um, head office is handling and managing parts of our employees, which I'll, I'll, I'll get into that so you understand what I'm talking about here, but to make sure that our managers um, can excel at their job and that we provide the support to them and that this description is accurate. And one of the things that we realized over the last few weeks is that, you know, at the end of the day, this is an administration position. And so some of the tasks we wanted to pull off our managers were too much outside working on the physical assets because we were hiring for an administrative role. And then if we had them going out, administrative people that are doing a lot of like lawn work or something like that, they may go, you know, this, this is not why I, this is not my job. I wanted to be in an admin in a sales role. And so having them play too many roles, can you, you, you might get in trouble a with, uh, with those good people. So we wanted to hire good people that are going to stay forever. We needed to define very clearly that that is an admin and a sales job. And so we were taking out some of the things that we were taking out were more the maintenance, even like some of the lock checks we control, where for us, we could hire a regional person that could do that with each one of our facilities in the region. Now, you may not be there yet. That's fine. We weren't till now. And We've been in storage for a long time, but it's something that you should just look at when you're hiring. Are you hiring specifically for an admin? And if you hire that admin person, do they get in and you say, yeah, now I want you to go dig the ditch. And they're going to go, whoa, hold on. You want me to go dig out the ditches? Because you know, out here in Idaho, we do things like that. We Our irrigation can come through and it can come through on the side. And yeah, you got to get it out there and you got to plug the ditch or the hole or not my my kids do that. Um, but uh, even during the winter when we had big snowfalls, 
like that. I was worried about our managers. I went out and I would break the ice and take my kids out on the weekends to clear out the drains, things like that, because I didn't want our managers out doing it. So you just need to be aware of what you're asking and hiring them to do. You want to avoid turnover. You want your manager to know it. But at the same time, you should never be afraid to let someone go. I can't stress this enough. If they are not a good fit or not the right seat on the bus, you need to get rid of them. Um, and uh, Good to Great, a famous business book, everyone should go read it, talks about having the right people in the right seats on the bus. And that's really, really true in your organization. And you need to make sure if you have a maintenance person, they want to be an actual maintenance person, and they excel at that. And that you're getting good feedback, good reporting, and that your customers are approving of the work being done at your facility. So hiring, going out to the masses, when you're talking about, there's a lot of aggregation um, sites, I'm not going to name any here, we all know about them, that have for jobs for hire. Um, we go out to all of them, plus do groundwork and feedback. We, we cast wide nets, um, we start with huge pools, we limit down three options, and then we dive in deep to our final three. We do a training period to train them to do their job. So when you have your job description and it's full of things and you have all these expectations, if you don't train them well on it and they don't feel competent that they can execute and perform what you're asking, they're not going to want to stay around because they don't want to disappoint you and they don't want to fail. Don't set them up for failure. Um, so I don't want to beat this horse to death, but it's such an important issue. Um, we really felt like we wanted to really walk through job role and description and how to make sure that those people are successful. And we'll put this whole thing up once again on the site. So you can just come download it. We'll send it straight to you. So I think that's easy and should be good. So you guys don't have to just take notes of all this to remember all of it. There's a few things even in here, I think that I'm not mentioning. So we'll get that out for you because this is important. Obviously, this is really important. And lots of people starting out in storage, they have not um, been on the hiring side, and they get timid about it. And they're not sure what to ask. And they're not sure exactly how to do follow ups. Well, the first thing is starting with a, a good thorough job description, and then lining up the expectations, and then do follow up with them and have a clear conversation with your employee if they're meeting that description and if they're excelling or not, and then giving good feedback as you go along to what needs improved. So when you do have a sit down, it's not a shock to them. And document all of it. 100%. All great points, man. This is a very clear episode, very concise. Um, we wanted to give you a nice big chunk of meat, not have very much fluff here. We'll give you the, the records to do it. Um, but you know, we are, so we are as of right now, the largest, um, by far self storage podcast. And we are very honored to be the largest, uh, self storage podcast in our industry. We thank you guys so much, your support. If you guys leave us a five-star review and give us a five-star, give us a five-star and give us a good review online. We are happy to take your guys' call. We did this before where we have, you know, we set up a 15-minute call with you guys to go through what you're trying to achieve or maybe struggles that you're having. And we've talked to everybody that has, you know, five to 20 facilities to people that, you know, they are just now even looking at storage and trying to understand to people that have storage facilities and they're saying, hey, I just need need a little advice. Um, give us five-star. You, you um, um, go to the site, go there. 
Send an email. My uh, One of uh, people who works with us, Laura, she sets you up, gives you a calendar where you just sign up a time, and we'll get a time locked in. Um, that has been awesome. We've loved hearing out from all of you guys that are reaching out to us. You guys are just great. We've been talking about this a lot, but I think we're even going to do a self-storage event and uh, have, have people come in our inner circle, which is, which is our mastermind that, that we've just done because of this podcast has worked out great. Awesome. The participation. I mean, we, I was, we were talking with them last night and our inner, inner circle group right now has four facilities under contract. Um, it's awesome. And two of it's already been taken down. So anyways, thanks everybody. Thanks a bunch. We appreciate it. And please leave us a good review. We'll talk to you soon.